The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Friday NFL history episode of the two point conversation. I'm your host, Andrew Lenz. There is no Matt Johnson today, so I'm going to fly solo. Matt's a little under the weather, and I'm going to finish up this month of November strong as we go look more into midseason or in-season trades at this time. For November, we've gone over Eric Dickerson, and we've gone over Carson Palmer, and we are going to talk about another uh, veteran quarterback that is, you know, was traded midseason, and this guy's a little bit older than than Carson Palmer. We are going to talk about John Hadle. Uh, John Hadle is probably not a very well-known player today, unless you some NFL history, AFL history kind of buffs out there, or if you're a San Diego, well, yeah, I'll say it, San Diego Charger fan, because that's who he kind of he did play for the San Diego Chargers, or now Los Angeles Chargers fan. So that's probably how you would know him. He's probably the first big quarterback they ever had. I came once again about knowing about John Hadle due to the fact that, like I said, I watched a lot of NFL films as a kid. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have too much internet or pretty much no YouTube. We did have the internet, but it wasn't anything grand like it is today. Uh, I, I myself didn't know anything beyond AOL at a certain point before I started, you know, popping up with the Yahoo and Googles and Ask Jeeves and all the crazy search engines. So as I said on previous episodes, my knowledge comes a lot from NFL films, reading about stuff, Encarta, just stuff like that, that I could just find on the internet or on TV. And John Hadle was a guy that caught my eye because he wore the number 21. And that was very kind of odd that a quarterback would wear number 21 as I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, I would say. I was born in the early 80s. but So there's, there's not any quarterback wearing the number 21 or in the 20s unless you're watching college football. So, so to see an NFL quarterback do that was pretty amazing. Also, number one, another number, there's kind of one A and kind of one B on this, is that he threw to a guy by the name of Lance Allworth. And I was in awe of Lance Allworth for when the first time I saw him on NFL films, just how fluent and everything he goes. And then here's John Hadle throwing him the deep ball. And those early chargers teams were a very vertical offense. That's kind of where Al Davis grabbed a lot from knowing, you know, getting the ball down the field and everything else. And some people say that is the, earliest version of what we could know as a West Coast offense 
that I think Bill Walsh kind of shaped and molded a little bit more as well. So that's kind of my little history on John Hadel and why he kind of fascinates me and everything else. But like I said, he was traded midseason, and we're going to get in, and we're, I'm going to get into that right now. So John Hadel is born. He was born in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, February fifteenth, nineteen forty, and he was pretty big star at Kansas, All American at running back and quarterback. He didn't play quarterback until his senior year. So he is a so he's an All American at two positions, which is pretty impressive itself. So tells you something about the guy. And at this point, this is the AFL and the NFL. Two different drafts. You can get drafted by two different leagues. So in the NFL draft in 1962, he went in the first round, 10th overall to the Detroit Lions. In the AFL draft in 1962, he went in the third round at with the 24th pick in the third round. So a little big contrast there. So you're probably thinking, how did this guy that got drafted in the first round by an NFL team, which was considered the superior league at this point, especially now because the AFL is only really two years into ex- two years into playing existence. And why why would he choose this? Well, it came down to the fact that the Lions, we were probably all thinking, who wants to go play for the Lions? But the Lions are pretty good at this point. You know, they're only a couple of years into the curse of Bobby Lane. So if you want to know more about the Curse of Bobby Lane, go check out one of our other episodes last month. And so he, they're ta- he's talking to the Lions, and they say, well, we want you to play running back. We want you to be the next Paul Horning. You know, because Paul Horning was also a quarterback at Notre Dame, great athletic guy. But Paul Horning kicked, John Hadle didn't kick. And then talking to the Chargers, they said, we just want you to play quarterback. He's like, oh. Okay, that's that's I'm, I'm going to go that route. I mean, because dude, he didn't want to he didn't want to play running back because I know it sounds a little crazy for back then, but he didn't want to block linebackers and do all that other stuff. He just wanted to throw the ball and play his position. So that's how he ended up on the Chargers, the right there. So 1962, not too many starts. He stuck behind you know, quarterbacks anyways on there because obviously the Chargers didn't really need a quarterback because they had a guy by the name of Jack Kemp who is another great AFL quarterback. Uh, Buffalo Bills fans might recognize that name. So there wasn't a whole lot of playing time for Mr. Hadel in his first couple of years there as well. Um, He did see the field a little bit, but not too often. A lot of split, a lot of time. Uh, 63, they got Tobin, Tobin wrote, who is another guy that we talked about in the Bobby Lane episode. So he just keeps on popping up everywhere. And in 63, this is when they win the AFL championship, Tobin rope and Hadel both kind of split times and they blew out the Boston Patriots 51 to 10 in there. Uh, Hadel had a pretty decent day, 7 for 11, 132 yards, passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown as well. So it's kind of this back and forth thing between Rote, Tobin Rote, and John Hadel. Back and forth, back and forth. 
And then all of a sudden in 1965, sorry, 1965, uh, you get Hadel that finally gets to be the quarterback. He led the team that year to a 9-2-3 and three record, throwing for 2,000. 798 yards, 20 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, and a 50% completion percentage, which a lot of people would say, that's not that great. Uh, Things are a little bit tougher to throw the ball back then. Still kind of trying to figure out on how to do this. This is only what, maybe, I'd say, passing became maybe a little bit more of a thing in the 40s, kind of in the 30s. So... You're only 20 years into really discovering, I feel, in the NFL of what this forward pass is all about. So that's where you might want to say that as well as what's why his numbers are down. I talk about this all the time. I'm sorry if I'm boring with you again. But Hadel did make his third and final appearance in the NFL championship game. And this is his only start of the game facing the Buffalo Bills. Once again, Hadel threw for 11 of 23 for 140 yards, two interceptions, and the Chargers lost 23 to nothing. So not not the best. You know, you're losing the championship game, but you're putting up pretty decent numbers. You, you know, he goes on to go to the AFL All-Stars and everything else at that point. So he's the Chargers are very, very good throughout the 60s uh, until the until the merger happens where a lot of turmoil happens. I know in 67, he did want to be traded. Uh, I guess he wasn't getting along with Sil Gilman at all. It was kind of a big, big thing going on there that. Sid Gilman was the head coach of the Chargers. Philosophy, playing time, all this other stuff. He wanted to get traded. Not quite sure how it was resolved, but obviously he was back there the next season as well. So uh, going in, like I said, this very good team. The Chargers, though, uh, dwindled during this during this merger time. And didn't really have another winning season until 1978. Hadel, you know, quarterback the team for the first three of those big seasons. And in 1970, he went four, five, and three while passing for 2,388 yards, 22 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and under 50% completion percentage. So not the best. He did have some good numbers the following year, which he led the league in completions, yards, completions, attempts, yards, and touchdowns, and yards per game, while throwing for also throwing for twenty five interceptions. Like I said, nothing too nothing too great. He became the second quarterback in history to lead two different leagues in passing. The first was Otto Graham. So Otto Graham led the AAFC in passing, and in the NFL as well. So his final year with the Chargers, 1972, he went uh, he, he went to, his record was only 4-9-1, uh, passed for just under 2,500 yards, threw for 15 touchdowns, 26 interceptions, which was a league high, and just barely over 50% completions, but he was selected to the Pro Bowl. So, 
there's something working there for him on that one. Uh, 1973, a little bit of change of fortune. fortunes. He wanted out. He said he went into the Chargers organization, said, I want to be traded. I don't want to be here anymore. And he was very happy to get traded to the Los Angeles Rams for defensive end, Coy Bacon, and running back Bob Thomas. And he, he, he had pretty good seasons. With he only played there for about one and a half season though seasons, and he had you know pretty pretty good season there. And then the second season he was replaced by James Harris and the Packers. At this point, Packers are dismal. Packers haven't really been anything since Vince Lombardi. So Packers head coach GM Dan Devine is like. Oh, we got a chance to make playoffs. You know what we need? We need veteran leadership. And this kind of becomes a cautionary tale, I think, at this point. And draft picks back in the early days were looked at like complete trash. Kind of of like the Rams look at them today. We're first-round picks. We need the veterans. We need the veterans. We need the veterans. And they go and they make this big trade, okay, for Mr. John Hadle on, dis, on, I'm sorry, on October 22nd, 1974. And what they give up for John Hadle, who is at this point in 1974, is a 34-year-old quarterback. And, you know, there would be a lot of people that want Aaron Rodgers. We look at Tom Brady. A lot more wear and tear on these players back then. So 34, had a couple of down years, a couple of good years, but some down. He's on his downward spiral, and they're going to give up a haul for him. And this is what the the Green Bay Packers said, we're going to give to you, Los Angeles, so we can get this veteran quarterback and give ourselves a chance. So in the 1975 draft, they gave up their first two picks, uh, th- and their third round in 75, and in 76 gave gave up the first two picks of all, a first and a second rounder. So that is pretty big for what I feel is a 34-year-old quarterback. Like I said, wear and tear, some miles on him. Just got replaced. So it's not even like he was a star. He He got replaced by another quarterback. And the other reason why the Packers made this trade, it's because they were going to go out, trying to go after Archie Manning. That trade fell through. So they ended up getting John Hadle. And it did not look good. This trade is, it turned out to be just a disaster. It's, it's looked at probably one of the worst trades, if not the worst trade in NFL history. I know we got the Herschel Walker one. For, or trade, especially for a starting quarterback. But, you know, the Herschel Walker trade's probably worth the worst as well. And Packers, Dan Devine, after that season, they do not even make the playoffs. And Dan Devine is gone. He hops to Notre Dame. If you've ever watched Rudy, you know that's kind of the story. He mentions Dan Devine. Hey, we're getting Dan Devine from the Green Bay Packers. So Dan Devine jumps ship after he just straight trades away their draft picks for two years straight. Just 
I'm going to get rid of all this. And I think this has got to be one of the worst kind of scumbag moves by a guy leaving or going to the college ranks. Uh, Nick Saban telling the Dolphins, hey, I'm not going to Alabama. I'm not going to Alabama. Where does he go? He goes to Alabama. Bobby Petrino getting the job with the Falcons and then going, oh, don't worry. I'm not going. I believe it was Arkansas. I'm not going to Arkansas. I'm not going to Arkansas. Where does he go? But he goes to Arkansas. So John Hadle just doesn't doesn't work it out. The Packers are not that great. John Hadle didn't want to go to Green Bay anyways. Like I said, Green Bay at this point is, is horrid. They're not a good team. It's cold. The cold always feels better when you're winning, I think. I think that's a big, big, big thing going on there in Green Bay. Because if you're winning, I think the cold can just get wiped away as well. So Dan Devine is out. Bart Starr takes over. Uh, while he would lead him to one playoff, Bart Starr did lead him to a playoff win as a coach. Not too great. Same time, th- that Rams team takes those picks, gets him a Super Bowl appearance, and everything else. And that's pretty much how the Rams could actually be good because th- when you get all those draft picks and you make the right thing, that's how it goes. So he's not that great in Green Bay. He's miserable. He doesn't want to be there. And then Houston makes a call. And once again, Mr. John Hadle gets traded. So this is his third time getting traded, even though he is an older quarterback as well. So they, the Packers do trade him to the Houston Oilers for Lynn Dickey. So Lynn Dickey goes to the Oilers. The Packers acquire... I'm sorry, Lynn Dickey goes to the Packers. The Oilers acquire John Hale, Keith Ellis, a fourth-round pick in the 1976 draft, which would turn into Steve Largent, so that's kind of cool, even though he never even played for the, didn't play really a down for the Oilers. And a third-round pick in 1977, and then some cash. So this is where he ends out his NFL career. With the Oilers sitting on behind the bench with, you know, doing mop-up duty for Dan Pastorini and everything else. His final year in the NFL would be 1977. So even with Dan Devine beating feet, goes through all this turmoil, the guy still, you know, managed to go through and get everything else done as well. He is one of the most kind of little bit debatable whether they should be in the Hall of Fame or not. If you look at his passing records, they're not all 100% wonderful as well. So to compare to today's standards. So let's go check out Mr. Hadel's career accomplishments, and then we'll go over his stats as well. So he's an AFL champion in 1963, first team All-Pro in 1973, two-time Pro Bowler in 72 and 73, UPI NFC Player of the Year in 1973, NFL Man of the Year in 1971, passing leader in 1971, passing touchdown leader in 1971, four-time AFL All-Star, in 1964, 1965, 1968, and 1969. And a second team, all AFL in 
two-time AFL passing leader in 1965 and 1968, AFL passing leader in 1968, Los Angeles Chargers Hall of Fame, uh, college, two-time All-American 1960 and 1961, two-time first-team Big Ten 1960 and 1961, and his number is retired by the Kansas Jayhawks, which he did go to school go to school at. So let's go take a look at career stats for Mr. John Hadel. As you know, he played from 1962 to 1977. Uh, games played was 224. Games started 166 with a quarterback record of 82, 75, and 9. A com- career completion percentage is just over 50% at 50.4%. He threw for 33,503 yards, 244 touchdowns, and 268 interceptions as well. So those are his big his his career stats. His best year for yardage came in 1968 when he threw for 3,473 yards. It's also his best year for touchdowns with 27, and that's that's pretty pretty good for back then, launching the ball around as well. So a little bit of tidbits is in 1971, his career was almost ended, got into a horseback riding accident, and uh, hit his head on a piece of wood, swallowed his tongue, stopped breathing. Good thing there was a teammate there, uh, Steve Long helped pull the tongue out, get him to the hospital. He suffered, you know, abrasions, skull fracture, uh, fracture left, facial fracture by the left eye, and just bumps, bruises, and those, like I said, abrasions as well. So in 1971, he almost didn't see a 1972 season, which was his final season with the Chargers. As you can tell, tough guy, tough guy, tough guy. Some other ones we got going on here is I mentioned Lance Allworth in the beginning. Uh, in an interview, John Hadel credits Lance Allworth with 85% of his career success in the AFL and the NFL, which is absolutely huge that a quarterback today would say that and come out I think it's pretty big to say, wow, this one receiver really got me going, and I owe a big, huge success to him. His favorite game that he remembers is beating the Rams in an expedition game, you know, preseason game. And this is still when the AFL and the NFL were not playing even not one league, two different leagues, just having fun. He also coached two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, he coached Don, John Elway his rookie season. He was John Elway's quarterback coach with the Denver Broncos in 1983. And he was also Steve Young's head coach with the Los Angeles Express in the USFL. And I also mentioned that crazy number 21 that he wore as well. And he is the last quarterback to wear any number higher than 19 as well. So John Hadel, even though he is known for one of the worst 
trades for a starting quarterback or even one of the worst trades ever in the NFL. He had a very productive career. He meant a lot to the AFL and the success to the AFL, I would have to say, 100%. NFL career, he's a little bit older by the time that came around. But other than that, I think we got to look at John Hadel as definitely a pretty great quarterback for for the time as well. Uh, like I said, there was a lot of... The, the, the stats weren't pretty back then. I think this was much more of one of those things where you actually had to look at the player play. And if you've never really seen any John Hadle highlights, please go check them out, especially in the AFL with the Chargers. Great quarterback there. And there was a lot of great quarterbacks as well in the AFL. And Len Dawson, mentioned Jack Kemp, Daryl LaMonica, some great quarterbacks. Joe Namath. How can I forget Joe Namath? But he does have a lasting legacy. If I did, Probably not the greatest Chargers quarterback of all time, but I think you could debate around him and Phillip Rivers as you know who is number two. Because number one is, I think, going to be Dan Fouts. And I'm pretty sure there's some people out there, some old-school AFL Charger fans, that might actually say he is the best quarterback in Chargers history. Is he the best Charger to wear number 21? Probably not, but it is what it is in that category as well. Well, thank you very much for listening. Once again, I am your host, Andrew Lenz. Matt could not be here. We normally do every Friday NFL history. And always remember to check out the Two Point Conversation six days a week. Monday through Saturday on the BICBP radio network, Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast as well. And with that being said, the two point conversation is. (laughs) 